Ouija boards, would you work for me? Welcome everyone to Weird World. We start today our Halloween season, Halloween extravaganza, Halloween tacular, spooky season, Halloween ectomy. That doesn't make sense. Hollow Weird World. Hollow Weird World. That's right. You did yes. it just last year, and I totally forgot about it until just now. Thank you for that. You're welcome. It's the beginning of Hollow Weird World, where for the entire month of October we do some episodes a little scarier, a little creepier. Today we're going to start off with a weird bit from Carrie. Whose name is Carrie? Mine is My Dean, name by the is way. Carrie. Okay. It's just the two of us. Yes, it is. So lonely over here. Oh, we sad. are going to talk about the history of the Ouija board. <gasps> That's spooky. Which so, I always call Ouija. Ouija I know, you Ouija. know, I grew up calling it Ouija too, but it must be Ouija. It must be. Yeah. Well, in fact, the Ouija board basically came about. Initially, during the middle of the 19th century here in America, where people were obsessed with spiritualism. That wasn't the actual, literally, the Ouija board. That was just sort of the the talking board? Oh, so like the pre Mm -hmm. or, okay, got it. And spiritualism, as you may know. Which is, we have promised many times to talk about. We will eventually. We'll talk about the Fox Sisters and yep. the birth of spiritualism, just not right now. Where people believed that they could communicate with the dead. Mm-hmm. And spiritualism had already been around for a while in Europe. But as Dean just mentioned, the Fox Sisters, they were kind of the beginnings of it in America in 1948. 1848. Oh, you're right. 1848, where we'll talk about them in detail, but they basically claimed that they could communicate with spirits by rapping on walls and, you know, hearing tip taps and all that kind of stuff. Tip taps is the scientific word, yes. Yep. They became very famous and they became the subject of national, it was national news and actually spiritualism became a worldwide yeah. phenomenon. Mostly in the English-speaking world, but yes, other countries as well. It, it was huge. They really did start what eventually would become more or less a major religion yep. with many millions and millions of ad- adherents, but of course, many of them also were Christian or other religions. Yes. And it was kind of acceptable. For the most part. Yeah. And it, it still fit with Christian yeah. religious dogma. Mm-hmm. And also, it was acceptable socially. Oh, it, it wasn't yeah. fringy. You weren't a weirdo for going to a seance and you know thinking that you could talk to your dead uncle or whatever. It's all the rage. Mm-hmm. They would have seances where you know they were trying to contact spirits. And they used things like automatic writing. Mm-hmm table turning parties yes Yes. and which sounds funner than it actually sounds wait what i mean it's kind of like what we did with the kids that that with our kids it was horrible it scared the shit out of them and scarred them for life but they've more or less gotten over it question mark yeah but it's it's you can see how Uh uh-huh easy well then again it was easy for us to do to what i don't know a four and six year old but to do it to uh, other i mean there has to be a sense of Let's agree to have fun with this kind of thing. It's like, remember, well, we, you, did I don't you do know. tipping? You know, we did things like where the uh, light as a feather, stiff as a board, kind of yep. thing like that. It's, a, it's along those lines. Mm-hmm. And, you fun. know, back in these days, 
people didn't live much beyond the age of 50. <laughs> Women routinely dialed in childbirth. You know, yeah. half of your kids might not survive childhood. And then, of course, comes the Civil War. Everybody had loved ones who were dead yeah. that they wanted to communicate with. It seems like that's always been true and will always be true, but in certain parts of history, it's more true. In, in the U.S., given war, yeah, I mean, yes, was, wars was, and so stuff like that. That was hundreds of thousands. Of Mary people. Todd Lincoln, Abraham Lincoln's wife, she conducted seances in the White House because they had a child who had died of a fever in 1862. Willie. And then, of course, during the Civil War, tons of people turned to spiritualism to try to talk to their dead soldiers or, or loved I, ones who just hadn't come home. How about, I wonder if anybody tried to talk to their, their leg or arm that was amputated. Um, just, I don't know. Would you talk to your leg or arm? You could wrap. There's no reason to your body. You know, kick three times, stomp three times. If that's you, leg. I what, would. What would you want to know? I just how you doing? Okay. Did I really need to cut you off? I'm I, I'm <laughs> I'm sorry about it. I apologize. The doctor did it when I was unconscious. Well, spiritualism was growing in the American culture. And, you know, it, it wasn't a quick thing to hear from your loved one. You'd have to go to a seance and try to connect with your, with your loved one. You know, people were looking for an easier, quicker way to do this. <laughs> so somebody, and I think that, like you said, talking boards were already yeah. a thing. Yeah. And like, uh, I think the Fox sisters did this. They would write out the alphabet. On oh, the yeah, table, yeah. and then, you know, a Use spirit. Use a planchette, too. Yeah. Something to point yep, to the letters, point, yeah. So all, everything was there yes. on the Ouija board. Or people would also, like, say say the alphabet. A, uh, okay. B, oh, C, and wait for a, a, a knock on the wall uh, or me. something, a sound from the spirit. And yeah. somebody would have to write down the letter after they heard the knock. So these things were tedious, and they took time. So... Uh, somebody decided, oh, let's make this nice little board, a wooden board where we'll spell out all the letters. And so in 1890, a man named Charles Kennard got together a group with four other investors, two of whom included Elijah Bond, who was a local attorney, and Colonel Washington Bowie, who was a surveyor. And they started the Kennard Novelty Company exclusively just to make the Ouija board, hmm. and market it. So basically, Kennard, I don't know, said, let's make a board. But the thing, really, it had already existed. It was just writing yes. on a table. Mm -hmm. and, okay. None of the, but they didn't have the name yet. It wasn't called yeah. a Ouija board. It was just still a talking board. Okay. It had the letters. We should explain what a Ouija board is, by the I way. Will. Okay. None of these guys were spiritualists. Mm -hmm. So they didn't really believe in what it could do. They were capitalists. They were 100% setting out to make money. They're just like the, every single person who these days makes some kind of website that does some kind of service. They yep. almost always, they have zero passion for what they're doing. They aren't connected to what they're doing in any way, shape, or form. They just thought of or paid someone who thought of an idea and now they're going to make money out of yeah. it. They're probably MBAs. Well, they didn't have, like I said, they didn't have a name for it yet. And popular belief is, Dean, what, what do you think Ouija means? Ah, you know, I've always understood it means yes and yes. Yes, we, yes in French, and ja, or ja, yes in German. German, yep. Nope. No? Elijah Bond's sister-in-law, 
was a, a like a, a cultured, educated woman named Helen Peters. He also called her a strong medium. Mm-hmm. And one night, a strong they were all hanging out together in Baltimore, sitting around a table with a talking board. Mm-hmm. And they had Helen there, who, you know, she had strong medium well, powers. Well, she's a strong medium. She's like a short tall. You could order a strong <laughs> medium coffee. At well, Starbucks. so they decided they'll ask the board. What's your name, board? So they did, and it spelled out Ouija. Okay, so O U I J A. But that still does literally mean French and German guessing yes. Then they asked it. Ah. What does that mean? And the board replied, "It means good luck." Does it? Now, the story also goes that Helen Peters was also wearing a locket. With a picture of a woman, and above the woman's head was the name Ouija, uh-huh. O-U-I-J-A. That's a cool but name, some people think it wasn't. Some people think it was a, the, a woman who Helen Peters probably admired because she was a famous author and a women's rights activist mm-hmm. who went by the name Ouida, O-U-I-D-A. Oh. And so someone mis... Well, misread it when they're smelling it out. Canard uh, or Bond or somebody. Went to the, yeah. The, or went to, yeah, okay. That's what they think. So whoever was controlling the planchette, Canard or Bond, yes. looked at the locket, saw Ouija, thought it was Ouija. And, yep. Okay. That's interesting. So they have their talking board. They have a great name for it. They Ouija do. sounds great. But they also, so they wanted to get a patent for it. They knew that they wouldn't be able to get a patent for it if they couldn't prove that it actually worked. Oh, that's going to be hard. So they decided, let's bring Helen with us, right? Mm -hmm. She can prove that it works. She's a medium. So they go to the patent office in Washington, and Elijah Bond is the attorney, so he brings her. I've heard differing stories. One story I heard said, you know, the first patent clerk says, I'm not, forget it, I'm not putting my name on that thing. They talk to another patent clerk who says same thing. That's ridiculous. I'm not going to deal with that application. Finally, they get to the head of the patent office, and the chief, the chief patent officer says, okay, prove it to me. Show, give me a demonstration. If it, if it can correctly spell out my name, which we don't know each other, you don't know my name, then I'll go ahead and approve, you know, allow your application to proceed. So they all sit down with Helen, the strong medium there. And of course, obviously, the planchette spells out the guy's name. Which was? Unknown to anybody. Of course. And the man was white-faced, flabbergasted. (laughs) Of course. Stamp, stamp on your application. Forgot all about his name placard on the desk right behind him. Mm -hmm. So this was February 10th, 1891. Elijah Bond was awarded the patent for his new, it was called, okay. you know, toy or game. Or they gave him 50 bucks. Yes. And so the patent does not explain how it works, just says <laughs> that it works. That really has absolutely no business being That's <laughs> I embarrassing. I know it is silly. I'm going to go with they gave him 50 bucks. Yeah. I don't think patents are quite that easy to get these days. So in February of 1891, they started advertising for Ouija, the wonderful talking board, and it basically describing it as a magical device that answers questions, quote, about the past, present, and future with marvelous accuracy. 
and never-failing amusement and recreation for all the classes. So they're playing it up to a mass audience and yep. not super religious or spiritual. So they didn't even say overtly that you're speaking to the dead. Somehow no. it answers these questions. Yes. And they said a link between the known and unknown, okay. the material and immaterial. That's very good. So, you know, it's clear just, what they're implying, but they don't yeah. want to be super, because that could have pissed some people off or upset some. Yeah. Uh, just, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. That's very, um, very, you know, modern. They were smart. In yeah. a sense. And then in an advertisement in a New York newspaper, it declared it interesting and mysterious mm. and said, as proven at the patent office okay. before it was allowed. Okay. Guess how much they sold it for? Uh, they sold it to, wait, can our company was formed to? No, how much it cost to buy a Ouija board? Oh, um, 24 cents. A dollar 50. Whoa. That's not cheap. No. I'm guessing. Well, I don't know. In 1891? But basically, it looked essentially like it looks today. You know, it's a flat board. It, it was originally wood. Now it's pressed, Yeah. you know, press board or whatever, cardboard. Cardboard, cardboard yeah. But it's a, f a flat board with the letters arranged in kind of like semicircles yeah. above a line of numbers, yeah. zero through nine. And then the words yes and no in okay. the upper right and left corners. And then in, in the middle on, at the bottom, it says goodbye. See, I always thought that it should have been yes, no. But that'd be we nine if it was our, you know, yeah. our... It should be yes, no. Both yeah. in French, we non or something like that. Yeah. But because yes, yes doesn't make any sense. So mm -hmm. it does actually make more sense than the origin of the name that you yeah. said. Huh. Yeah. And so, so Ouija is just literally an apocryphal assignment of the, yeah. after the fact. Okay. Mm -hmm. hmm. And it does look, I will say, I always thought it was very well done in terms of its, it does look right. It has that kind of spooky colors. The color scheme is almost yeah. kind of spooky. It's that tannish light brown and it gets a little darker on the corners, the moon looks and the weathered. sun. Are yeah. the, is it a moon and a sun? Or is it, it's like a half moon or a crescent moon of some sort, I think, on the classic one. Yeah. It's very cool. It, yeah. it, it does look mysterious. Yeah. And... And it's funny at the bottom where it says goodbye. It's like two. There's like a little sketch of two men shaking hands or something. My like guess that. is the goodbye because the goodbye is not in the modern. Modern ones have numbers down there now. No, it's. I think the modern one has. Goodbye. I'm looking at one right now. There's no goodbye. I don't see it. It says it has the number. Let me see. Oh yeah, there is. Yeah, there yeah. is. It's, it was um, cropped out. Yeah. So it does say goodbye. My guess is that. And tell me if you know. Is that that's when they wanted to just sort of the spirit said, "I'm signing off. I'm done talking to you guys." Yeah. We'll okay. t and we'll talk about that okay. in a little bit. Because spirits, I mean, think about a poor spirit being called. It's like yeah. you're doing something up there in heaven or, yeah. or the other place, and you're always bugged by people trying to contact you. You're busy. <laughs> okay, I'll answer a couple of questions, and then you just go goodbye. Yeah. And I'm done. Know yep. the stuff. It's rude to just hang up without saying goodbye. You say so, goodbye, but yeah. it's pretty clear you're you're done. Yeah. Don't, you know, at, at least wait a week or two before you call me again. And then the little device now, it's made out of plastic. It's like kind of tear teardrop shaped or heart shaped. It's called a planchette. Okay. And now it's got a little window in it. The original one yeah, was uh, kind of just a like a it was it was teardrop shaped, but it was basically a pointer. Yeah, it, it was you would point. point to it. And that could cause some confusion. So the mm -hmm. window thing it makes a lot more yeah. sense. So and and like now I think the bottom little legs of it have little felt tips, so it's easy to kind of slide yeah. around. Yeah. So the idea is, at least two people sit at a table with this thing, and they rest their fingertips. 
they rested on the planchette and then somebody would pose a question and then some way the spirits would guide the planchette around the the board to spell out an answer or say yes or no or whatever. So yes, the the quickest way is of course the yes, no. But if you want to know someone's name or something specific, you have to laboy. So it's it's nice. Still can be time. Have you ever done a Ouija? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Me too. And it can be a little time consuming. And, you know, probably 99% of the sessions in American households go the same with the first 20 minutes of everybody accusing each other of yeah. pushing the thing. You know, usually it's first, nothing happens. Yep. And then after a few minutes, somebody gets sick of that and kind of <laughs> nudges it out somewhere. Mm-hmm. And then people are a little, oh my God, no, you did that right. Oh, I know. You totally did that. And, and then if two people decide to try to do it, then they're kind of fighting with each other to push which it. That's phenomenal. Yep. And yep. It just breaks and it snaps. Can we get a five by seven foot Ouija board area rug on Amazon for seventy dollars right now? There is a giant one. I'm looking Ouija at it. Right. It's five by seven. Oh, it looks. It's exactly <laughs> the Ouija board. Exactly the print. Sure. I really want that. Where are you gonna put it? I don't know. Well, this Ouija board was an instant success. By 1892, the Canard Novelty Company, which had only one factory in Baltimore. Added two more in Baltimore, two in New York, two in Chicago, and Jeez. one in London. All yeah. making Ouija. Yeah, spiritualism. Actually, if anything, spiritualism was even more popular in England than yeah. it was in America pretty soon. It was it blew up there. Wasn't the Queen allegedly... Queen Victoria. Trying to speak to her dead husband or yes, something like that? Yes, she did. This was in, I think, before even the the Ouija board was a thing. She, she, yeah. she and Prince Albert were a fan of seances. They would uh, have seances... Bef- even before Albert died, oh. and then do they have? Did she have any kids that died? Yeah, I think so. Okay. And then after Albert died, of course, everybody knows Queen Victoria was heartbroken, mm-hmm. and some little boy in Leeds, I think, said that his, I think, by that time might have been Ouija boards might have existed. I don't know, but he said that Prince Albert. Came, you know, spoke to him through whatever and had a message for Queen Victoria using a pet name for Queen Victoria that supposedly only she and Prince Albert knew that he called her. Num num. But the little boy in Leeds knew what it was. So when he got his message to Queen Victoria, she, of course, invited him to the Buckingham Palace or wherever she was. He says, num, num, do that thing to little Bertie you do so well. And she blushed, but she was very impressed. So everybody knew Queen Victoria was into this. And then supposedly after one of her daughters died, some other medium got a message to Queen Victoria from the daughter. Why they wouldn't just go straight to Victoria themselves, I don't know. But You got to go through a medium. I suppose so. Connected to the, uh, the immaterial world. So they marketed the the Ouija board, you know, it was this mystical thing, but also as family entertainment, just fun, you know, everybody play with it. And in fact, spiritualists didn't like the board, you know. Well, it sidestepped them. Exactly. Yep. It kind of cut them out as the middleman. Literally talked to the spirits directly instead of going through a medium. Mm -hmm. Hilarious for uh, a medium to accuse other people. I know. Fraud and deceit of all people. Did you ever... I mean, I played it as a kid, and we played. We, we you play with it as young adults and drunk. And did you ever think of it as, you know, literally this might communicate? No. With, do you think any? I, 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 my feeling was that, or I think 
everybody that I know that ever messed with it was just like, this is just fun. Let's have fun. But I'm sure uh, there are people who take it pretty seriously. I have to think like when we were playing with it, like in late elementary school, maybe middle school. Well, that was dangerous. I think there were plenty of silly girls that believed in it. And when you, if you like read these online articles about all of this stuff, about the origins of the Ouija board and stuff, the articles or the websites that have comments sections, a great majority of them are from people saying they believe in them and, our, and they're Emma dangerous. That's and, ex- it's exactly. Emma, yeah. we, we were talking about this the other day and I remember saying, oh, you know, I'm not going to mess with the Ouija board. Yeah. It's, you know. I don't Crazy. believe in it, but it scares the shit out of me, that kind of Exactly. Way. If you don't believe it, why are you scared? Yeah. There's, yeah. No, we had a Ouija board. Nothing ever yeah. happened. Yeah. There was nothing bad. It felt like everybody it's, had a Ouija board. Yeah. Well, so we kind of alluded Monopoly, to earlier. Now, that's terrifying, <laughs> but Ouija. Well, the, we alluded to earlier, it tends to be most popular when things aren't going so well in the country. Yeah. So when people are, you know... Looking for answers. Oh, and really? All that kind like of stuff. sales, you mean? Mm-hmm. Huh. So in the 1910s and 20s, with the after World War One, and like the Jazz Age, and you know Prohibition, and everything's kind of wacky. Sales went up then, and it it became such a a normal thing, and so well known that Norman Rockwell actually, in one of his illustrations in 1920, depicted a man and a woman doing a Ouija board. Really? And it was on the cover of Saturday Evening Post. Hmm. And then, of course, during the Depression, this was after it had been, the company had been sold to the a Canadian company, yeah. the Fold Company, F-U-L-D. Okay. During the Depression, you mean? Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, I don't know when it was sold, oh. but at, by, the, by the Depression, they were operating it, and they had to open new factories. During the Depression? Yes. Wow. To meet the demand for everybody wanting the Ouija boards. Were people asking questions like, will I have food tomorrow? I have no idea. Will I be a hobo? Over a five-month period in 1944, which we know what was going on in 1944. No. Oh. World War II. A single New York department store sold 50,000 Ouija boards. Jesus. So this was, yeah, you know, like I said, I I feel like it seems like everybody had a Ouija board. Yep. In 1966, Parker Brothers Mm. bought the game from the Fold Company. The next year, 1967, they sold 2 million Ouija boards. If you had two board games in your house, they were Ouija and Monopoly. Yeah, and guess which sold fewer? Uh, Monopoly. Monopoly. Wow. They outsold Monopoly. And what was going on in the late 60s? <sighs> Vietnam. Vietnam. I, it was also sometimes called Viet- Monopoly. <laughs> the whole counterculture, you know, things uh, were... That's kind of the double yeah, impact there, yeah. wasn't it? Race riots. I mean, all kinds of... Not that. Not that. Of, of uproar <laughs> in the United States. And then in 1991, Parker Brothers was sold to Hasbro. And so they have been making the Ouija board ever since then. Is it still a big seller? Yeah. Well, I don't know how big it is now. But I want sales figures. I think it is probably a pretty big, pretty big sale, seller. Because things, you know, there's been movies and stuff like that. 
and it would show up every now and then in news stories. In 1921, the New York Times reported that a Chicago woman had been sent to a psychiatric hospital and she was trying to explain to her doctors that she wasn't suffering from, you know, mania or any kind of illness, that it was the Ouija spirit that told her to leave her mother's dead body in the living room oh, for 15 okay. days before burying her in the backyard. How dare you blame Ouija for that? <laughs> in 1930, two women in Buffalo, New York, had murdered another woman, and supposedly because they were encouraged to do so by the Ouija board. And then in 1941, a 23-year-old gas station attendant from New Jersey told the New York Times that he joined the army because the Ouija board told him to. (laughs) And then in 1958, a Connecticut court decided not to honor the, quote, Ouija board will of a Mrs. Helen Dow Peck because in her will, she left only $1,000 to two former servants and... $152,000 to Mr. John Gale Forbes, who was very lucky, but he was also a spirit who contacted her via the Ouija board, Uh, so he didn't actually exist. So I wonder, what did the judge just divide uh, all the money between the two servants, hopefully? And then do you remember the I Love Lucy episode with the Ouija board, where Lucy and Ethel are doing a seance? To, oh, I don't. Yeah. I don't know who they're. Vaguely. They're they're trying to fool somebody. And Tilly. Yep. But they're doing it in a very obviously. It's I love Lucy. So it's just yeah. being very silly and jokey. And that's mm-hmm. usually in those days. That's how the Ouija board was depicted. Yeah. If it if it was on TV or in a movie, it was silly. It was a game. It was you know. But still, Saturday Night Review of the nineteen twenties. I love Lucy in nineteen fifties. That's an indication of how mainstream this thing yes, was. Yes, it was very mainstream. There, I found one thing that says that this very conservative, conservative estimate is that there's been at least 25 million Ouija boards sold since first invented. 25 million? 130 years ago. Yeah, yeah. that's almost certainly very conservative. I was going to say that sounds kind of low. They, they acknowledge this is you know almost bottom rung conservative, but it's so the yeah. minimum 25 million. Well, what do you think the scientists say? About Ouija? About, yeah. I think they say it's absolutely legit and you should do it to talk to your dead peoples. Well, actually, they say... Nah, they're not actually powered by spirits what? or even demons, because a lot of people think they're, they're powered, demonic. They're yeah. powered by hands. <laughs> well, they do know it's they work on a principle known as the ideometer effect. And that's basically where your body makes minute yeah. little movements, even if you're not intending them yeah. to. Too. Yeah, it's, it's the same... Scientists explain which oh god don't um, what you call it with the stick oh dowsing dowsing mm-hmm. water which water witching yep with the same exact ideas and when you want to explain it as not purposeful fraud mm-hmm. that's the explanation you use the other one is obviously what I personally right. have done and and friends of mine have done which is you go ahead and give a little nudge yeah well in 1852 a physician and physiologist actually published a report on the ideometer effect. These are automatic muscular movements that take place without the conscious will or volition of the individual. Is it because you're sort of just holding your hand in place for a length of time? Right, you have your, like with dowsing, you have your hand on the stick and you're gripping it for a while. With Ouija, you have your hand on this, the edge of this planchette and you're holding it there for a while and it's just... I guess. I mean, think about it. When you're trying to stay still for a while, you're 
body. I but feel it, like that's what it is. It's yeah. not so they're not happening like all all day every day, but when you're trying right. to hold your hand on something and hold it still, these mm-hmm. tiny little motions occur. Yeah. But you would have to ask yourself for that to be true. It's one thing for dowsing where the stick just kind of flips around more or less randomly and say that weighs water. And since there's almost always water yeah. somewhere, you, you find water once in a while. But in terms of Ouija board, if you're spelling out, if you're going to yes or going to no, or you're going and spelling a sequence of letters that form an actual word, that can't be the ideometer effect. That doesn't make sense. Yeah. I don't know. I, well, I don't know. They explain I it mean, that way, but it doesn't make that, sense. That is what they say. And other researchers looking into the ideometer effect, looked at other things like table turning, and they found out that it's pretty much the same thing. See, sometimes science has a way of trying to explain something that needs no further explanation. Yeah. The simplest answer is almost always the right answer, and to scientists, ideometer effect is the simplest answer to any other rational person, the simplest answer is that someone's just moving that goddamn planchette. Well, let's talk about some research that was done into it. Into ideometer? Into the actual Ouija. Well, so there's also the social context around the whole Ouija board and because it's a group of people and so it's like everyone is having Mm. some sort of influence on it. So this group did some research into it because one of the researchers had a Halloween party with, and the theme of his Halloween party was fortune telling. Mm-hmm. So there were a bunch of foreign students there. So he was trying to explain to them how the Ouija board worked. They, they hadn't ever seen really? one before. Okay. They kept asking, where do you put the batteries and stuff like that? <laughs> so he just gave like a silly mystical explanation of how it works to them. Didn't tell them anything about the ideometer effect and just left them to, to play with it. They played with it for hours. Wow. And when he came back to, you know, to see what they were doing, they were still doing it, and they were kind of freaked out. They thought that it was working. And later, he asked them about it, and they really thought that it was working. And so you know, he, he talked to his team of researchers, so they thought, let's look into this like mm-hmm. non-conscious you yeah. know, moving of the thing. So you see, there's a huge assumption going on here. What that it was non-conscious because he asked them and they said, "Well, sure, we didn't do it on purpose." He goes, "Wow, I got to figure this out." Well, so their first experiment, <laughs> they used a robot, a Ouija playing robot. So the participants in the test were told they were playing with a person in another room, like via teleconferencing, mm-hmm. and they said the robot was mimicking the movements of the person in the other room. And in actuality, the robot's movements were just amplifying the participants' movements. So there was no other person in in another room. So they were asked a series of yes or no questions, and they were fact-based. So there Hmm. was a real answer, like, is Buenos Aires the capital of Brazil and stuff like that? Or Argentina. And then they were, well, they were expected to say yes or no based on, you know, Okay. So when the so when the participants were asked to guess, you know, to the best of their ability, they were right around 50% of the time, which is a typical result of people guessing at answers, right? 50/50. If you assume they don't know any answer. Yes. When In fact, you'd have to assume they don't know every answer for that. Correct. Okay. 
So when they answered the questions using the Ouija board, believing that the answers were coming from someplace else, mm-hmm. they were more correct. Hmm. They, they, it was over 65% of the time when they believed that hmm. they were doing it via the Ouija board. And they had a control group that was more like 50% of the time? Yes. Okay. Well, you know, when they just asked some questions, <sighs> right? Not using the Ouija board. Oh, Okay. They just ask some questions. Same and then, questions? Same questions, different groups? Sorry, I'm... I'm I don't know. I'm I, worried about know. the opera, okay. operationalization I'll, of the methodology you can here. read the abstract later, but... So then something happened to the robot. <laughs> the <laughs> robot couldn't keep going. So then they decided to do it with an actual real human. And what they would do is, at some point, you know, the two people would be in the room. The one person is a participant... And the other person is a subject, right? Mm. So at some point during the thing, they would blindfold the person that they're testing and tell them, you know, you're both still doing the thing. Mm. And so then the the other person who's in on the whole thing would just take their hands off of the planchette. So really only the person who thinks there's two of them doing it, Mm -hmm. they're doing it by themselves. And they basically got the same results. They would be they would be sixty five percent better, or they would be you know they would answer yeah. the questions more correctly more than if if they thought someone was helping them, they were more accurate. Yes. Okay. So I mean, all this tells you is, or what this tells them is that people are smarter than they think they are. Yeah. Probably. Which is weird. Yeah. Huh. That's interesting. Know. So I think you know when you're taking the SATs, bring your Ouija yes. board. Yes, that should be allowed. I feel like I know. It would be. I think so too. So anyway, you talked about the the goodbye and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Real quickly, the last thing I want to talk about is the rules for using the Ouija board. There are rules. There are rules. Rule number one: never use the board alone. <sighs> very, very good rule. Or with an imaginary friend. Although I listened to some podcasts about Ouija boards and. People who claim to be, you know, sensitive or mediums or whatever. Of course you can use it by yourself. Don't There's be nothing stupid. wrong with it. Of course you can. Knock yourself out. It's all about intuition and all that kind of stuff. Number two, never use the board in a graveyard. Mm, I'm going to say Parker Brothers wrote these rules. Meaning either a graveyard or somewhere where a violent murder took place. Because well, it could be a gateway for a malevolent, malevolent entity to come through the veil. We've seen it happen. Yes. That's how you get demons and stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Rule number three, never try to burn the Ouija board. Mm. A lot of people, you know, in the, in the comment section of our websites said, you know, it freaked us all out and we tried to burn it and it wouldn't burn. And, (laughs) you know, hard enough. It's got an anti inflammable. Uh, Yeah. Something on the Parker brothers has been smart enough to put something anti-inflammable on the, uh, you know, the sheen over the baseboard. Well, one comment, actually said, every time my dad comes in the room, if the Ouija board is in the room, it lights itself on fire. <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> But then clearly it doesn't burn because the next time dad comes in the room, it lights yeah. itself on fire again. That's Thank hilarious. You, well, they say the Ouija board is said to scream if you try to burn it. Oh, and the okay. common belief is that anyone who hears it will have only 36 hours to live. Ooh, now they're getting pretty dark. And burning a Ouija board doesn't work anyway according to stories, because it always ends up back in the owner's home uh, intact, kind of like the Jumanji game, right? Yeah, a little bit. The common 
wisdom is you have to break it into seven pieces, sprinkle it with holy water, oh, and then God. bury it. Is sage involved? <laughs> Maybe an olive branch. Uh, from the Holy Land, yes. obviously. Number four, never leave the planchette on the board. Really? Unattended. Wow, I bet that's happened. Because you know, that little window, it might allow things to enter our world. The window? So the a tiny piece of plexiglass mm-hmm. is a portal to hell. Yep. I did not know that. And, and there uh, are millions of them. It so goes without saying terrifying. the reason why, never ask it when you're going to die. Oh, obviously. That's just, first of all, yes. that's too dark. You're trying to have some fun with your friends. Don't, yeah. don't do that. Don't bring I it heard up. a lot of people really were told when they were going to die. And of course, many people had stories of it saying, you know, you're, uh, something like your mom is going to die and two of your siblings or something. And then, of course, this person said their mom and their two little sisters were killed in a car accident. Yeah, that happened. And then the last rule is about the goodbye. Oh. Always say goodbye. Oh, that's you saying goodbye to the spirit? Mm-hmm. I thought it was the spirit saying goodbye to you. Can the spirit say goodbye to you? Probably. Okay. But I mean, like, the answer is a yes or no question, and it goes, says goodbye. It's like, oh, I get the hint. Yeah. But this is closing the board, and it's very important because it shuts the door to the other side oh. and prevents any lingering spirits from interfering in your life. If you don't say goodbye, they're still going to be around. Did not even realize that. Mm-hmm. So if you don't say goodbye and shut the board, that spirit is like stuck in your house. Yep. Bored shitless. So not only asking the questions. Yep. That's not only terrible. do you need to say goodbye, you should first thank the spirits and mm. say goodbye. Yes. And then the planchette yes. should move down to the word goodbye on the board. And okay. then you can safely okay. put it back in your box. Oh. If the spirit doesn't say goodbye back to you, you need to say it again. Oh. Thank you. And goodbye. And then pass the planchette through the flame of a candle. Okay, that sounds dangerous. <laughs> I now I want to play Ouija with someone, and then when it's ready to say when you say goodbye, and the planchette is supposed to the spirit is supposed to say goodbye. I want to make sure that planchette just goes nowhere yeah. near the word goodbye, and they just freak out and they think they're going to. I be can't possessed. believe we never bought a Ouija board for our kids. Wow, that was an oversight. Yeah. That was terrible. We had one, and I have looked for it, like, you know, over the years when I've been back at my mom's, and I don't know what happened to well, it. Well, if we were to get a five by seven area rug, <laughs> I'm just, I don't that know. can make up for it. Well, and, you know, over the years, Hasbro has made, you know, glow-in-the-dark Ouija boards. Mm. They've made pink Ouija boards for girls, Okay, well, that's just gross. I like glow-in-the-dark. I want a glow-in-the-dark Ouija board now. Yeah. Damn, that sounds spooky. They also, I think I saw a thing where they made like a, it was probably a a limited edition where it looked like real weathered wood Mm. and, you know, it looked a little bit more authentic. Yeah. The first one was just sort of thin wood. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that didn't fold. You couldn't fold that. What the hell? I don't know. That's a problem. I guess you for sure had to take that planchette off. Yeah. I want to find a real cool looking Ouija board. Okay. And get one. Not a, not an area rug version of that? No, I don't want an area rug version. I mean, you can have the area rug okay, version, but... Thank you. thank you. I want to, you know, you know, really freak out our grandkids when we have them. Oh, yeah, good idea. That's a good idea. That's good. That's good grandparenting. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Thank you for that. Thank you for starting off Hollow Weird World with You're a welcome. bang. A Ouija bang. That doesn't make sense. It's an interesting story of the Ouija board. We yep. will be bringing you... A story that has a little bit yeah. later in the month on, uh, you know, has a little, has a, a starting point. Yep. 
relevant to the Ouija board. Mine is the fun and fluffy part of oh, the Ouija. There's, there's no fun and fluffy it, in the story that. It, there is a part in American history where it takes a very dark turn. Okay. That sounds interesting. What are you talking about? Talking about the thing I'm going to talk about? Yeah. Okay. I, I don't know if it's American history. It's an event that occurred. Well. Okay. You made us, I was like, what? Is it a war or something? <laughs> I don't know about the Ouija war. Very cool name for a war, by the way. But no. Yeah, it would be. Yes, we'll have that on either next week or the week after. And hopefully you have a great Halloween season with us. Talk to you later. See you guys. Bye. I've got to say hello to an old friend. Ouija board, Ouija board, Ouija board. Would you work for me? To get through to a good friend Just can't find my place in this world